0: Thank you for listening to the Culture of Splife podcast. Follow us on all of our social media at Culture of Splife. We typically like to record this podcast on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Central Time on TikTok. But if there is a scheduling change, we will post that on all of our social media. So follow us at Culture of Splife. All right, guys. This is... um this is an interesting podcast. I didn't share you guys uh, with this, but right now, you know, we're experiencing some downtime on the on the hosting. You know, I'm getting all that straightened out. Don't have to get all technical on you guys first thing in a podcast, but I realized today that I just sort of skipped one of the episode numbers, <laughs> Just just completely skipped it. So this will be our 12th episode again. Oh no. ah, right, so it's our twelfth episode again it's our uh our our one week anniversary of our twelfth episode. It was just such a lovely time. y'all should have been there. it was great um we we're doing it the drop the, was it the drop the call episode <laughs> no, no no it was was it the uh, you know although I think that is what messed me up on my numbering was the drop the call episode that was actually i think the tenth episode if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And I called it the eleventh or something. So we we technically didn't have a tenth episode. And of course, if you're gonna like fact check me on it you browse through our podcast episode list, we're found at Culture of Splath everywhere. Um you're gonna see that like the second episode's missing as well. You know, that was the one we had the audio issue on that was real weird or whatever. So um so you know, there's that. And I don't know, do you guys do you guys actually you know, you're on it live. Do you ever actually check it out in syndication at all?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Have, did y'all notice this last one? We have an intro now with music. Uh-oh, no, I haven't checked yeah. it out. I
1: did not check this last one out like that. So I'm going to definitely have to come back on that.
0: Yeah, so there is a um, there is an intro with music nice. on there. So got a hello down in the comments. Hello, everybody joining us on TikTok Live's. Uh, generally, we're normally live at 8.30 Central Time on TikTok Live on Mondays, although that's negotiable right now because of uh, life with kids and everything like that. Oh, so, uh, we're here on Tuesday this week, so who knows what it'll be next week. We always mm-hmm. keep it up to date on, uh, on Facebook, though. Uh, follow us at Culture of Splath on Facebook. Just to make it difficult, right? I guess I could probably do a live preview on TikTok so that people will know. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that would yep. be nice, wouldn't it?
1: Throwing in some new flavor. So, Drew, I had
2: no idea that you used 12 twice except for the fact that my phone was blowing up today. I had a call from ESPN, Fox Sports, um, HBO Sports. They were like, why are you using 12
1: twice? And 13 is hey, unlucky, duh. I, I thought
0: they were wrong, but you know, no, no, yeah, it's just
1: like just like on the elevator. We only use 13th floor, so I mean that's why we use 12 twice. Yep, that's
0: right. Even though technically this is the 12th episode, but it's the 11th syndicated episode. So I I don't I don't even know anymore how to keep yeah, track. Yeah,
1: so so basically what you're telling us is you dropped more than a call. We dropped the
0: episode, right? <laughs> I dropped an entire episode. I had to I had to drop an episode here, so. we'll see maybe next week is our 13th episode i don't know i'll have to recount it and you know what the hosting's down anyway right now so i don't even know what's on the website at at all at this point you go to it for one minute and it looks one way you go to it and it looks another so who knows i don't i don't even know what we're doing here anymore that's the beauty of it that's it (laughs) it's crazy stuff crazy stuff all right, speaking of crazy stuff, Rod, your life's getting crazy. Are people harassing you yet, Mr. Oh yeah, 20-second racquetologist in the world?
1: Yes, a lot of people are asking all types of questions about who's in, who's out, you know, like – like, and, and the thing that I get most of the time is especially, like, those teams that are on the bubble. Like, I know last year, like, Xavier fans were just, like, blowing me up like crazy, and now you've got, like – People like, uh, you know, like Wisconsin or Penn State and all these guys like, well, oh, you know, our resume should be good enough to be in. So those are typically the ones that really, really get like, you know, am I in or not? So that's that's I what was they- watch-
2: I was watching the Auburn game Saturday in between my son's soccer games. And uh, did y'all see the blind resume comparison that they did? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, what did is- – so it showed like, all bare of these acronyms, you probably know what they are, Rod. It was like Ed Mom or something. I don't know. They Ed was like, Mom. Yeah, exactly. I had no mm-hmm. clue what they were talking about. But it was obvious that Auburn was one of them. And then I didn't know what the other was. And Auburn has like the 26th hardest strength of schedule. And mm-hmm. this other team had 37th. And again – Auburn was beating this team in every category and then they showed they did the reveal and it was Northwestern on the other side. Mm-hmm. So we beat them in head to head. We beat them in all these things and they're a six seed. Yeah. And at the time of the game, we were fighting for our March madness. Lives. Yeah. Auburn
1: so- is, is securely in. Doesn't matter what happens with Arkansas. You're in Nice. For at least if, one week. One game.
0: Yeah, am I the only <laughs> Auburn fan that's kind of like, man, I would just really love to go to the NIT and dominate? <laughs> <laughs> like, is am, am I that guy? Like, because, okay, so, um, you know, I mean, even on the show, right, Rod, you're an Alabama fan. Me and Josh are Auburn fans through and through, so... So, you know, I always have Alabama fans talking to me about Auburn stuff because, you know, I I feel like I'm a little bit of a realist, right? There for a while, Josh Mm. even called me the Auburn Whisperer because Mm. I just knew, like, what's going to happen in Auburn sports. And and this year, I'm like, man, I really kind of was hoping for that NIT going all the way to the end because I don't think we're going to do so well in the tournament this year, guys. I'm just throwing that out there.
1: Yeah, I mean – Depends on the matchup. I think mm-hmm. probably first round might might be it. But like you say, NIT, you could be the NIT champion and kind of have that whole Central Florida type of claim.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Shout out, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: Andrew. I was about to uh, I was about to talk about Brent Keating. You know, he's a big uh, Oklahoma State fan, big big listener of the show. In fact, he just messaged me that we need to put this link on our Facebook page. So if you wouldn't mind.
1: Checking already done. To see. Big Oklahoma State fan. Oh, and
2: day one just texted me. He can't get on. He can't access live. Man, what's going on here? It,
0: it, is, it is on there. I just can't help the TikTok people doesn't, doesn't like our uh, yeah. listeners.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, but, uh, the boy about Oklahoma State, they're going to have to win a couple of games in the Big 12 tournament to get in. Like some yeah. people like to have them in. I don't have them in right now. You don't they're have one, one right of those now. last yeah. four teams out. Sure.
2: Yeah, they got to play round tomorrow night. And uh, then after that, I guess they'll probably play like a Kansas or something, I imagine.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma is one of those teams that even though they have a losing record and obviously Alabama fans know all too well after getting beat by like 25 by them, they're the type of team that could beat you if you don't show up. So they'll definitely have to win that game, which is almost like a lose-lose situation because you're not gaining anything from beating them. But you lose everything from
0: losing to
2: them, right? That's true.
0: How how deep do you go into the Big Twelve, man? That's that's almost the whole conference making it. If Oklahoma State ends up in there, right? You've only yeah, got three. I mean, three left there's out? at least
1: nine. There's at least nine, and then pro- most likely nine to ten uh, teams are going to make it from there.
0: Wow. Yeah, that could be. Uh, I, I would I would imagine Texas Tech. And Oklahoma not making it right. Texas Tech, um,
1: Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State are the are three that I don't have in there right now.
0: Oh yeah. Oklahoma State could could be in um with a win or two, I think, like you said. Um although dominate the NIT, right? Yeah. <laughs> you go in there, you win it all. So Yeah, you know, that was a crazy
1: stat about NIT for years it was one of those type of things where the team that won the NIT would make a deep run the next year in the tournament. Like, I think that was a big time stat, like in mid, mid two thousands, early 2010s, it was yeah, working out I think, that way. Uh,
0: I, I think Alabama was the one that broke that stat, right?
1: I'm uh, pretty sure he probably did. <laughs>
0: Because uh, they came up with the NIT win, and then uh, I don't think they made the tournament the next season. I think they ended up firing no, their coach not... the next season, right?
1: Yep, yep. Avery Johnson. Yep. hmm
0: If I'm not mistaken, I'm... I could be yes. a couple of years off there. Because they – I feel like that NIT win was a big momentum thing for them, and then they just fizzled out. I, I just don't remember if it was over one or two seasons
1: that they did. No, I mean, that very next season, they – Seemed to be securely in for a long period of time and then, uh, they just fell apart at the end of the year and in the tournament. And so, I mean, the conference tournament, and so that was it.
0: How about right. Florida
2: State this year? Wow,
1: I must have been yeah. under a rock. They didn't even get to
2: double digits.
1: Yeah, they totally fell apart, um, and then lost today on a free throw. Oh, wow, like Georgia Tech beat them. Uh they fouled the guy with, with uh three tenths of a second on the clock. So and, of course he, he made the first shot and 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 then this is what I do love about decent coaching. He missed the last shot on purpose so they so they wouldn't have a chance to set something up.
0: And amazingly,
1: they weren't the worst team in their conference. Oh no, 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 no. Louisville. Oh. Funny story about them. So their last home game of the season, I got they, they were four and twenty five was their record, which I never thought they'd ever see the day that Louisville out of twenty nine games would lose twenty five of them in the regular season. So their last home game was against Virginia. Of course, they were getting they were they were they were getting you know boat races. They have been in all of their games. So they had like the uh, dog trainer with the little dog show with the frisbees and everything at halftime, and the dog just just. Pooped all over the floor. And so, it was, it, what was crazy about that was, I think the announcer said something like, That's the indicative of this season. He, <laughs> he just crapped on the floor.
0: <laughs> Everybody's been doing that here. <laughs> you were spot on on that one. I, I'd forgotten that that was Louisville that that happened to me. Yes. Um, I actually saw it. I didn't see the game, of course, because, you know, I don't get the ninth ESPN. Uh, my package only goes up to seven. So uh so I missed the Louisville game. But um yeah, I actually saw it here on TikTok about four different ways, right? Because when you see it one way, there's music in the background and stuff. And you're like, <laughs> oh that that dog just crapped in the floor. It reminded me of uh this one time. Uh this is an awful story, but just bear with me, guys. Uh it's it's not as bad as losing my signal. But there was this there was this one time I was in the galleria, right? And uh, you remember the gallery in Birmingham used to have the glass elevators? Yes. You know, well, I'm sitting there waiting on the elevator because, you know, I I had my youngest in a stroller. And I'm waiting on the uh, elevator. And this lady comes through with a seeing eye dog. And um, the seeing eye dog wasn't behaving like a seeing eye dog normally does, you know, Mm because like normally they're like pretty spot on. That seeing eye dog just stops. And the woman keeps walking. So she's dragging her seeing eye dog behind her. Right. And dragging it while that seeing eye dog just craps on the floor. And then like the guy that's with her, who is a, is a seeing person then has to clean up after the dog after, you know, she just drugged and she's still walking. Cause after the dog was done, it just kept going. It just leaves him behind. And so like, so, like, she, he gets the bag and cleans it up, and it's, like, all mad and, like, throwing poop in the mall and everything. It was one of the greatest, greatest trips to the gallery I've ever had in my entire life.
2: I wonder why he didn't tell her to wait for a second while he cleaned it up. I don't know. And he got mad, here, right?
0: Like, as if she would know, you know, like, <laughs> like, she saw it happen, and he got mad and everything. I was like, oh, there's a lot to unpack there, psychologically yeah. speaking. Um, we're just gonna leave There's it. A lot of the
1: dog unpacked too, apparently.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> we we still walk, you know. Of course, the mall's been been redone since then. Mm-hmm. You got the Von Mar there. The elevators are gone and stuff. But uh, we we walk by there from time to time. It's on the second level. So next time y'all are there, y'all can just be like that right there. That's the spot that Drew saw a dog poofing the floor.
1: <laughs> it's uh. Wow. I, don't know so, I mean, that was, that was the greatest situation of all time, that, that halftime show, though, for Louisville. So,
2: speaking of, uh, speaking of pooping on the floor, did y'all see the end of the Celtics game last night? I did, man. Talk. What happened? So, uh, the game was tied. They were playing in Cleveland. Cleveland was a big favorite. Not that that matters mm-hmm. in the NBA. But uh, Grant Williams went to the line with, I think, 0. .6 left. With the game tied. And uh, Donovan Mitchell walked up to him, was talking trash. And you can read his lips. He says, I'm going to make both of them. And he proceeds to miss both of them. Hmm. And Celtics lose in overtime. (laughs) Celtics are struggling, man. They lost against the Knicks in overtime this weekend.
0: Man, that game... I was actually following it, and it, it was hyped on Twitter like all day yesterday. And so I was like, you know what? We have a sports podcast. I am going to pay attention to this game. And nope, went to bed, as as I do on many sports. <laughs> That's what I do.
1: You know what's so funny about Grant Williams is at Tennessee, he made a name for himself being a flopper like that was his thing at Tennessee like all he ever did was flop and i mean even early on in the nba so how how ironic is it for him that his biggest flop was that was was calling making two free throws and missing them both right i did watch an unbelievable
2: game i think that was sunday night um the clippers and the grizzlies i think
0: Mm-hmm. Yes sir. The Grizzlies
2: scored 51 points in the third quarter. And uh the Clippers had been controlling the game obviously until that. And then they uh, went into the fourth quarter down, I don't know, 9 or something like that, and they outscored the Grizzlies 38 to 21 in the fourth quarter to come back. So the
1: Clippers finally won a game since uh Westbrick has been there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Westbrick.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
2: Oh, man, he got some negative press today, I guess. And and we've seen him do this a lot. Uh, He he allows fans to get under his skin. Have y'all noticed this? Very much. So against uh, Sacramento a few days ago, um, a fan must have said something to him, and he called the usher over to kick the fan out, and he was going like this.
1: (laughs) I, I mean, like, again, you know, the, the, the only thing you should be doing this to is your game at this point. I mean, like you I mean, he's the last guy that should be giving anybody the the uh, the Apollo sign. <laughs> right. the Showtime at the Apollo sign. I mean not <laughs> goodness.
2: Did you see what Draymond Green said?
1: Uh uh-uh.
2: <laughs> he said, you know, when you start playing basketball, you're taught if you're open to shoot. Um, but if you're open all the time, shouldn't that tell you something? Yeah. (laughs) And then it showed him like barely at the free throw line and Westbrook at the three point line, you know, like
1: not even thinking about going out there. I I mean, and and some of his, his bricks and and air balls have just been like epic level ones. I mean, like. I mean, there was games where I've been like watching these air balls and I'm thinking i am got to duck this in my living room. <laughs> I mean, cause <laughs> this, it's, like it's coming at me. <laughs> maybe he
2: needs to call Markel Fultz and maybe get his shot
0: fixed. Like Markel did. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, some straight up high school basketball stuff. I remember uh, I, when I was in college, I was an athletic trainer for the high school tournament, you know, cause it was hosted at my college mm-hmm. and, um, there was this one guy that was talking to me, knew me from, you know, we had classes together and he was coming cause his high school was playing. And he's like, yeah, man, that's, that's my guy right there. Watch him. He's, he's, he's a playmaker, man. Watch him, watch him. He's the playmaker on the team. He's a play." It just kept hyping this guy up. I was pumped during warmups. He didn't seem that impressive, but I was pumped. That guy stood around on the basketball court more than anything I've ever seen. And then the like three shots he made, I had to dodge cause I was like, you know, right there underneath the goal. And I'm just like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> playmaker making me play. That's what's we're playing dodgeball. That's what we're playing. That's what, that's what that reminds me of.
2: Speaking of playing, y'all ready to play a little Uncle Joe's? Talk to Let's us. What's Uncle, Uncle Joe's joe trivia. got
1: for us?
2: Yes, yes. So th- those of y'all that are tuning in for the first time or are here all the time, um, we're going to play a game we like to call Uncle Joe's trivia. So Uncle Joe is my uncle-in-law, and uh, he'll pull me aside and in, in uh, holiday get-togethers and hit me with a, a trivia question. So uh, that's why we decided to, to name this segment Uncle Joe's trivia. And in Uncle Joe's trivia, what do we do? We don't cheat. That's we right. act like we're at the at the sports bar. It's trivia night and we have to have our phones away, our world book of knowledge away, if we brought that in, trying to sneak it in there. Um, So just use your brain, give us your best. So we got two questions for you tonight. The first question is, as we all know, Antoine Davis, Mike Davis's son at Detroit Mercy, was three points away from breaking the all-time scoring record in NCAA history, and Some may know, this won't be the trivia question, but Pistol Pete Maravich actually has that record with 3,667 points. So it took Antoine Davis 144 games to get 3,664 points. How many games did it take Pistol Pete Maravich to get 3,667 points?
1: Yeah, this should be good right here.
2: At I at saw Larry seven. just came in. Oh, yeah. You already seen And Eric, day there. one. Welcome back, Larry. That's right. <clears throat> you the man. Larry, you got an answer for that? How many games? How many games did it take <laughs> Pistol Pete Maravich to have the all-time scoring record in NCAA history?
1: Like, if we really even think about it, like 3,300 3, points, right? That's a lot of points.
2: That's a lot of points. Yeah, and I'm going to hit y'all with a, with a stat when, um, when I give away the answer that's going to blow our listeners' mind. With a stat when, um, when I give away the answer that's going to blow our listeners' mind. He played, what, three to four
1: years? Are you talking about uh, Davis or are you talking about Pistol Pete? Pistol mind. He played, what, three to four years. Are you talking about uh, Davis or are you talking about Pistol Pete? I'm talking about Pistol Pete. I was talking about what Larry was asking.
2: Oh, 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 my, my back, yeah. Um. So while, there you go. 168. Wow, that's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned, Larry, stay tuned. Don't look it up. Stay tuned. All right, so our second question, since we're talking about the NCAA tournament, I thought a a good question for tonight would be, there has only been one 16 seed to upset a one seed in NCAA history. Who
1: was that 16 seed, and who did they beat? This won't help you guys, but Drew can
0: tell you. I
1: called.
0: Right <laughs> yeah, yep that 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 is a, a date which will remain in infamy. Although although I will say this, Josh, I, I'm going to be fair here. This is specific to the men's tournament. The women's tournaments it, it has happened in before. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, but in 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 the men's tournament, it's only happened the one time. So uh, so yeah yeah, yeah yeah Eric's got it. <laughs> hey, one. They won. it in here. That Killed is, my trivia. That is who they beat. That is a true statement. Okay. Now, um,
2: they beat UVA. And, and listeners, we actually have a sponsor. I haven't talked about this in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But we actually have a $25 gift card to the first person that gets the trivia question right yep. on our show. So, Eric, you said they beat UVA. You're very who warm. was it that beat UVA?
1: You're very warm.
0: Yep, yep. You're <laughs> you're on fire right here for sure.
1: You're like first and goal right now for that gift card. That's um.
0: You know what's weird about it? Have they have have they done anything else noteworthy since then? I don't know what nope. they have.
1: Nope.
2: Yeah,
0: no, I don't think so. It's just that time. They're not in your bracket this year, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, this is conference tournament week,
1: so anything can happen, but no.
0: No, I don't I don't know that anything can happen that's that drastic. So cause like I'm thinking here, like let's just say a, for instance, okay, let's just throw out a hypothetical, the worst seed you know, in the in their conference tournament. Worst seed in their conference tournament goes on to just hot streak wins their tournament. Do they make it to the is that an automatic bid? Do they automatically Uh,
1: all conference tournament champions are an automatic bid? So that's how you get like a lot of your play-in games where you all of a sudden see, well, wait a minute, Arkansas Pine Bluff is 16 and 18. What? You know, well, they won their tournament. Gotcha. And and so it's unfortunate for a lot of people that you'll see like I'm just using them as an example. Let's say College of Charleston, who was like 30-3. and three. Let's say they lost to Hofstra or something in their conference tournament. Well, they're that team that, you know, Dickie V and everybody
0: is shouting about, this is a travesty, baby. How are they not 30-3, not in the tournament? This is usually how that happens. They, well, lose yeah, the- I, know, I know that's like normally what, like St. Louis, <laughs> their bid into the tournament is winning mm-hmm. their conference. Um but I, I don't even know that they would do it this year. Um, we call that the UCF rule, right?
2: You don't play anybody. You can't get in the dance. You can't play for the national
1: championship. Yeah. <laughs> I' all about you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the terminology for uh, – uh, well, especially if it's from like a major conference or at least a decent mid-major conference that gets multiple teams in, if you just get somebody that gets hot and wins three or four games in a row in the conference tournament, it's called a bid stealer. They basically stole a bid from somebody that was expecting to get in as in that large team.
0: Oh, there was one team, I wish I could remember who it was now, that, uh, that I was thinking, oh, nope, you know what, it just hit me, that um, is it the ultimate potential bid stealer. In fact, uh, their, uh, their music department is going to be at my church tomorrow night, ironically enough, and that's Oral Roberts University. Do you, how do you have them in the tournament right now?
1: Uh, I, I've, I've got them projected to win their conference, and uh, they're a 12 seed, and they're a 12 seed that a lot of people could be picking to be the five.
0: Yeah, they're, they're hot right now, man. It's ridiculous. They're on like a, a what, 16 game win streak, 15 game win streak, yeah, and like that. And if you recall, as a 15 a few years ago, they they
1: advanced in the tournament as well cuz if you right. remember they beat like uh i think it was yeah they beat like
0: ohio state in a 215 yeah i think didn't they go to the sweet 16 that year if i'm not mistaken uh yes yes they did yeah they um uh, you know again they they show up i'm not plugging my church's wednesday night thing um you know but if you got youth you can they can go to see uh mm-hmm. oru's uh, like i said their music department whatever they're mm-hmm. called but uh, i won't be there but yeah that's what it is <laughs> But, uh, you're going to lose your signal. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm going to be at the other part of the church. I'm not going to be in there with all the kids. Um, so, uh, but yeah, they, um, you know, like we have a lot of alumni in my church that that went there. So whenever they Mm were hot like that last time, you know, like it was a big thing everybody was talking about. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I know this time, like it's, you know, it's, this year's their year to go further than they. They are been.
1: a team that that can very well advance. Now, like I said, they they're projected to win their conference tournament, which I, I expect them to. If they do do that, they do that, you should see them as a 12 seed, and we all know like the five 12s produce most upsets around. They're going to be a very trendy pick uh, to beat whatever five
0: they go against. Rightfully so, right that 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 five twelve should should be the uh, biggest upset
1: producer, right? It, it most certainly should because – and there's actually a science behind it. Uh, the 12 seed is typically the top mid-major seed because right. usually your mid-majors are seeded or your, your lower-end people are seeded between 12 and 16. So typically your best one is going to be around that 12 range. And then usually what do you end up getting out of a five seed? You either get a team that totally overachieved that was picked to finish like ninth in their conference, but they, they end up going like, say, like 22 and nine or something like that. And, or, or 23 and eight or whatever it is. And then they, um and and, and then they go on a run. And so they're a team that's, that's overachieved that they're not as good as what their record shows. And so it's easy pickings, or it's a team that, was supposed to be like number one, and they just floundered around, and they pulled it together enough. So it's it's either an overachiever or underachiever. That's a five seed.
2: So day one, it is not Richmond.
0: Yeah, not or Richmond. No, it's Bobby, or Dodd or Dodd or Bobby Dodd University. Bobby Dodd. You. I just looked up or Robert's streak. That's a uh, sixteen win streak, also undefeated at home. Sort of like the uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Yeah. Yep, <laughs> up you know, fifteen,
2: I, up seventeen with fifteen to go, and we couldn't close the deal. You
1: no, know, and and like I said, you know, Bama alum, Bama fan, but things have just not been the same with the team since the since the the Miller incident and the distraction. I mean, still winning games, but I mean, there's they've been very close, um, and there's some losses in there, but. I just don't – the, the mojo of, of it from a team standpoint is just – it hasn't been just right. I mean, they're going to still be a team that's favored to get to the Final Four, but I could really see them being a team that if they get the wrong matchup in the second round or, or the Sweet 16, right now they just it just doesn't feel like a team that's going to advance past that.
2: Yeah. A buddy of mine told me that they remind him very much of Auburn of last year, you know, kind of peaking too early. And then ah, just,
1: that is a great, great mm-hmm. point. I, I do feel like they they peaked, like a, they basically peaked, you know, a month ago.
0: Yeah. Well, the the beauty is is they're not losing yet. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, we're at the stage where you can only you know flip the coin for wins, and um, you know the loss, and you're done. Right? You know they're going to go out this year, and um, on paper. Right. Mm-hmm. When we review this year, we're going to be like, man, I can't believe Alabama lost to that team in the second round. But, you know, we'll we'll have people like Rod to remind us of what was happening to the program as uh, as as it was going on, um, the things that were going on around it. But, yeah, I um, I don't know the conference tournament. They may get, get upset in that one. And uh, and and fizzle out there, you know.
1: If Mississippi State beats Florida on Thursday, that game on on uh, Friday afternoon will be a pesky game for Alabama.
0: I, I see. I, mean, I see both of them being a pesky game for Alabama right now. Just to be honest. And
1: then in the tournament, do you really think Brandon Miller is going to be hot for six straight games?
0: <laughs> no. You know? And he was ice
1: cold on Saturday. My goodness. And but when, but but see, they're in a they're in the spot right now where I just feel like everything's riding on how hot he is, especially when they're going up against high level competition. I just I like I said, I mean, it depends on the second round matchup for an upset there, but I just don't feel like. I, I I feel like the destination will probably end around the sweet 16.
2: With like three minutes left in the first half, they were shooting 16% from the field against A&M. Insane. And they were only down 12 at the half.
1: I mean, credit to them. They battled back and got it within the basket. Yeah. Until your guy passed it directly to the A&M guy. Yep.
2: I could not believe that.
1: <laughs> but I did say – uh I did say uh, the the day before when uh, I had some uh, some buddies asking about it, I was like, I'm, "Bama's not going to win. Um, they're not going to beat Texas A and M." I mean, the SEC was already wrapped up anyway, so I was like, "They got nothing to play for." Texas A and M is, is trying to improve their seed. I just I didn't see a scenario where I really feel like they were going to win that game.
0: Yeah. All right. So with that being said. Why don't we do it just like we did the Super Bowl week over week? Who's your prediction to win the tournament, Rod? Are we talking about the conference tournaments, right? No, now? No, the, the whole national, okay. thing. We're gonna start <laughs> early right now. This All right. So obviously age it'll, like it'll, milk, just like yeah. our Super Bowl predictions.
1: Yeah. So obviously, a lot of it is gonna depend on how the uh, how the brackets uh, fall as far as uh, who's in what region. I mean. Kansas, you probably have to go with, uh, re- you know, regardless of what bracket they end up in, I think they're they're pretty safe. Um, Arizona, although they're struggling, depends on the bracket they're in. I think they're a team that can get hot enough. I do believe UConn is going to be in the, in the final four. Uh, I just think the the pieces they have. Uh, And then, of course, you'll have that mystery team. And you mentioned something earlier about a team that's really gotten hot here because, I mean, for almost all of the year, their roster was depleted and injured. But all of a sudden, they're starting to slowly get people back together. And that's Kentucky. You know, Sister Jean from Loyola of Chicago on Good Morning America last week actually predicted them to win it. So we'll see how that, how that age is there. No pun intended, Sister Jean. I know you, she's 103, the oldest author we've ever had, and still a chaplain of Loyola Chicago. Wow. Yeah. You know, so so that, my, my four teams right now, I would say, are Kansas, Arizona, Yukon, and Kentucky. But this is all
0: subject to change when the brackets come out. No, one team, Rod, one team. You only get one of them.
1: Okay, one team. Oh,
0: man. I don't see Kansas going back to back.
1: I'm going to say UConn's going to win it.
0: Dang it. Dang it. That was going to be my pick. All right, Josh, who's your one team? Wow.
2: I know wow. it's tough, right? UConn. Wow. Um, I kind of like UCLA. Ooh. Yeah. I like UCLA. I don't know if they'll win the tournament. But um, I don't know. They just always play so well in the tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, you got Tiger and Wackett. Uh, Joaqu- What's his
1: name?
2: Joaqu- yeah, uh, Jaime. Ja- Jaime Yaquez. Yaquez,
1: who's mm-hmm. really playing well. Um, so I don't know. There would have been a shoe in for my final four, but two nights ago, their uh, one of their key players, he's out. Oh really. Yeah, I Not like John ja Morant him. out, right? Huh?
2: Not like John Morant out, right?
1: No, nah, I think he's done for the season.
2: No, I'm saying, sorry, that was bad. That oh, yeah, yeah, but John Morant, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was injured, I guess. He was injured, yeah. He didn't do something yeah. stupid <laughs> like
1: that. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't self-inflicted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to Plexico Burris. <laughs> 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 we hey while we're at it, shout out to Cheddar Bob. <laughs> Who's Cheddar Bob? That's our our uh, that, that's our Eight Mile uh, reference. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. From gotcha. the Eminem movie Eight Mile. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shot himself with his gun. Yeah, that's
2: right. Cheddar Bob. <laughs> I've actually only seen that movie once. Surprisingly
1: enough. There ah, you go, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> now it's been like 10 years since I've seen 8 Mile, but yes. Oh, man. B-Rabbit. Yep. Papa Doc.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Drew, who do you have,
0: man? So so nobody's picking Florida Atlantic. Why not? Is that just, just me? All right. They oh, um, the coach?
1: Yeah, they've won a lot of
2: games. Or was he Florida International? Hey, Lane Tiffin.
0: I now, Florida
1: Atlantic's the one that's doing really well right now. I, yeah, I can't remember which college uh,
2: Lane was Kiffin Lane Tiffin at Atlanta. Florida Atlantic Rod or Florida International. He was at Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, that's what I thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, Florida Atlantic's actually hot right now. As, as weird as that is to say, um, like 28-3 uh, or something like that. Yeah, obviously, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Can we can we count out Purdue? I was gonna pick UConn. It's who I was gonna pick, just to like. I mean, you
1: know, it, in the spirit of uh, Eight Mile and and all the references to the characters there, Purdue is 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 one of my potential Papa Docs. You know, I remember he choked in the finals, right? You know, and, and, you know not being so. I think Purdue, I, I really think their ceiling is a Sweet Sixteen because. They're guard, they, they, they've They got very slow guards uh, that don't create, and we all automatically know that the most important thing in the tournament is having guard. guard That's right. Guard.
2: And so, Being able to hit the three ball. It's not throwing it down to that seven-footer all game. Correct. That's not correct.
1: good. And so I, I see Purdue going out early.
0: All right. We'll see. We'll see. Like I said, UConn was going to be my pick, but like – I, I'm just going based on UConn being hot. I don't think Purdue's as hot right now as UConn is, um, <laughs> but I, I I always factor the math into it, right? So, like for example, you take a team like we'll give the Oral Roberts example earlier that's on a 16 win win streak, right? Mm-hmm. And you can just take all of the all of the the facts and the math out of out of the equation. The actual the the actual playing of the ball game and say they've won 16 games, what are the likelihood that they're going to win their conference tournament, which is going to be, you know, two, three more games, plus an additional, you know, X number of games to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, is it possible? Absolutely. We've seen it happen millions of times before, but you know, how many times do you flip a coin and it lands on heads? The thing that I like about Purdue going into the tournament is because they have lost – if they went, learn from those losses. They're in a good place in their conference tournament. They're in a good seed going into the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah,
1: Purdue's going to be either a one or two seed in the tournament.
0: Right. So they're going have, to have favorable <laughs> matchups. Jeez. Okay, look, I'm done with Gonzaga. Sorry for the listeners that don't get to see the comment section, but. Uh, but, yeah, it's, the comment was it's still not Gonzaga's year, <laughs> question mark. Um, look, I'm done with Gonzaga. I'm sick of putting them in my final four and getting in my whole bracket ruined. I'm done with that. <laughs> you, you know what's really crazy about that is it seems to me
1: like, especially like the last four years, all of the talking heads on CBS and ESPN, whether it's Seth Davis or – or, you know, any of the Billis or any of them, they pick Gonzaga to win the championship now. Like, that's the only thing anybody does.
0: Because you have to, right? Because if you get it right, you're going to be the guy that got it right. Right? And and if you get it wrong, you know, it's whatever. It's the opposite of being a kicker in the NFL, right? Having a bracket that's wrong isn't that big of a deal because everybody has a bracket that's wrong. But if you get it right... You're the
1: guy that got it right. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: they did I, I play well against a, Bama
2: day one. They played very well against Bama. Here. Yeah, they,
1: they they definitely did. Mm-hmm. I, I see them as probably Sweet Sixteen. Um, I think their ceiling this year is uh, well. I mean, if, if they get a bad matchup with a say like a six seed, because there'll be a three, um, then they could be in some trouble there. But I, I think their their floor is second round. Their ceiling this year is an Elite Eight.
0: yeah I'd have to see the brackets to to go hard pressed to the elite eight um but that's their ceiling is what i'm saying oh no i got you i got gotcha. you mm-hmm. gotcha. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for that bracket projection before i uh mm-hmm. before i before i say for sure where their uh where their ceiling is
2: mm-hmm. who did they lose to when suggs was there? <laughs> Remember
1: Suggs hit like the half-court shot to beat Yeah, the her. very He's next the very next game they lost to Baylor in the championship and they were undefeated. Baylor, that's right. That was we're their pop and they were undefeated. Baylor, that's right. That we're was we're their puffers from Stayl Stay with Eight Mile, huh? Uh, Saint just, Mary's. Yeah, they're, they're uh St. Mary's and Gonzaga, they play in the uh, uh, stay with eight mile, huh? St. I Mary's, guess. yeah, they're, they're, uh, St. Mary's and Gonzaga—they play in the uh, conference championship game of the of the tournament tonight. The
0: thing about the thing about St. Mary's, for real, is going back to my Purdue reference. Gonzaga's the on a winning streak. St. Mary's has only won like one. So if they learn from their losses and turn their team around, they're the favorable team to go in this. Because again, you know- probability is on their side. You know, and
1: that's the craziest thing. Usually the team that wins the championship or, or they, they make like a deep run final four on, they kind of got hot maybe a week, right, right? two weeks before the end of the regular season. Like the year Auburn went to the final four, they they were just red hot the week before the tournament started. And then they just were a buzzsaw through the SEC tournament.
0: But I told you that, Rod. I said that yeah. at that time because I was like they've gotten their losses out of the way. They can go into the, the tournament and, and get their wins and, and go from there. And everybody thought I was crazy to say that, you know, if they, if they win the SEC and they share it because they didn't win the tournament, I'm okay with that because they'll get a loss out of the way, right? They'll get those mm-hmm. get those losses out of the way because it is so hard to win like 30 games in a row. Yes, and, I mean and
1: it eventually wears you down. Like uh right. I mean the Kentucky had that super team that went like 38-0 and then they got upset by Wisconsin. I mean, it just the the weight just builds with it with every win. And then the Kimball Walker team from like 2011 for UConn, like they were on like a losing streak before their conference tournament and they got hot with him and, and like, you know, they they won like 5 games in 5 days there and then of course they won 6 in a row to win the uh, championship but I mean you're you're right about that Drew it's typically that team that that got hot at the very end of the year that's why I say a team like Kentucky
0: they get everybody healthy they could go on a run I don't I'm not hating Kentucky right now honestly I mean I hate Kentucky cuz they're Kentucky and I'm not a Kentucky fan but I'm not hating them in the tournament. I think they do have a good shot. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, but they'll watch all those players, and we'll be a new Kentucky team next year, and we'll get them yeah. to struggle the first half of the season like we always do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, rents lather repeat, right? Right. Except they but may now, not have I, their I coach, go right? To win it, huh? Their coach may be wearing burnt orange next year. So, you know, I think you. I think he'll probably go one more year at Kentucky. Well, like, next year, because yeah. he's they got the number one class. Uh, I, I mean, a lot could depend on this year, but I, I, I don't think we're going to see Cal many more years.
2: I'm sure that Texas is going to make him the first like 15 million dollar man or something. I mean, it, it's very possible. I
0: thought speaking you were of money, about prison. Honestly, <laughs> no,
2: I'm
1: just kidding.
2: <laughs> speaking of money. Have y'all seen the uh, money being thrown around in
0: the NFL? Ooh. couple days. Ooh.
2: Danny I'll Dimes like
0: got paid. Y'all see that? That contract was interesting. Danny Dimes, for sure. Hmm. Um, it, the, the weird part about it was it was 100% guaranteed. That was what got me. Uh, was he, He's on a 100% guarantee. I don't know if you saw that part of it. But, Yeah. Really,
2: I saw it was four
0: years, one hundred and sixty. I thought it was only like eighty-two guaranteed or something like that. I saw hundred percent. I could have saw a bad source because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking out there. But even eighty-two percent guaranteed is, oh.
2: you know what? Maybe it was maybe it was eighty-two million bonus. You know, signing bonus. I don't know eighty-two. No deal. Yeah, Geno Smith
0: deal. I'm yes. not mad at that. I, I, mean, I mean, this
2: was a guy that was competing with Drew Locke mm-hmm. to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> and now he makes $30 million
0: a year. I agree. It's weird. <laughs> I, I agree that it's weird. I, I, but I'm not – the only The only way that I eat these words, right, is if he doesn't come out and perform as well as he did last season. Um Looking at that trade, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world where Russell Wilson ends up being Russell Wilson that we saw mm-hmm. last season and Geno Smith is the Geno Smith that we see this yeah. season. Um, I, I've seen complaints specifically from Roddy White, who turned it a little bit racial um, on you know Twitter about you know, how he got a three-year and all the white quarterbacks got a four-year. You know, I, I'm not going to buy into that too much and take that bait. He is a little bit older, right, than than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I'm not mad at Gino's contract. I'm really not.
1: Yeah, but then, of course, you got got uh, the Ravens that are franchise tagging uh,
0: Lamar Jackson. Well, we knew that was going to happen, right? Yep. I mean, they sat on that forever, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But it's
0: not it's not
2: the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of franchise tag. Yeah, he can based, still stop. Which running. makes him a restricted free agent, mm-hmm. right? So anybody can sign him, and then the Ravens have to
0: decide if they want to
2: match it. Yep.
0: Yeah, this the, this one I was gonna say the the money conditional. That's it. That's it that's yeah, it. is is the weird part, but that's... But that expires, right? There's an expiration date sometime before mm-hmm. the beginning of the season uh, yeah. on the conditional tag where you're still stuck if nobody gives you any other offers.
1: But well, I could see somebody like the Falcons or somebody maybe making a play at him.
2: Larry said, is Tank turning heads at the combine? I haven't been paying Have a-
1: anything from him
2: To the combine other than the 40 speeds.
0: Oh, I've I've, and I've Anthony been,
2: Richardson jumping out of the building. Yeah,
0: I've been engulfed in the combine, engulfed in it. I I love it. I absolutely love it. It's the most pointless thing in the world, but I love it. I love every course, minute of the combine. And
1: of course, you and them showing you know, Bryce Young being like one of the smallest quarterbacks in the last several years, but the the mental level for for him, like he's really just like. Impressing them off the charts, which is what we already knew. But then again, like, you know, 510, 204, you gotta that's a concern about being broken half. Did
2: I send y'all the picture of him walking next to a five ten tight end? Mm-mm. Oh, I gotta I gotta find it and send it to you. You know, like they're walking in to go to meetings for the combine or whatever, and it said, Here's Bryce Young, and here's a five ten tight end next to him, and he had to have been like three inches taller than Bryce Young.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, you know it's like Charles Barkley, right? Charles Barkley mm-hmm. was six six. Yeah. Charles Barkley's six like two.
1: You know it's it Man, make they make up, inflate all of the the numbers there. Uh, I mean, I You're guess right. like plus plus or minus three inches, but 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 Young's like. Acumen for or, or you know, for for the game and and understanding of defenses is just like unmatched. There's a five ten tight end.
2: Yeah, I'll post the picture on our Facebook page so everybody can see it. You, well,
0: you know who has been Go-Bans. my favorite story of the combine, and that's Owen uh, Popo from uh, from Auburn. Yep. Yeah, dude, he's fast. He's yeah. strong. He's a beast. His draft stock went way up because of the combine, man. I don't care if that guy knows a lick of football. Like he mm-hmm. is I saw the combine results and he's up there in between like a couple of like uh corners and a running back or something. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. There is no reason a man that size should be running a sub four five forty. It's crazy.
1: That's how you secure the bag. That's right.
0: There right. is Hayward Bay and uh, John
2: Ross, right? Yeah, John Ross ran like a four-two-seven. Signed with the Bengals, and yeah. I st- still think he's waiting for his first touchdown. I'm not sure mm-hmm. he's not in the NFL. I know that much.
1: No, but yes, everybody was just super impressed. But I remember that. Yep, it's four-two, four-two-seven.
0: Yep. Well, four-twos. So, I mean, you don't get better than that, right? Yeah, literally, you don't. I think know. Bo Jackson. That's, that's borderline,
1: like created player. Right.
2: Papo to the Raiders, I guess. They won. Yes. Yes. I remember when the Raiders drafted uh offensive lineman out of Iowa, I think. Mm. Last name Gallery, when they could have had Larry Fitzgerald. Mm. I'll never forget that. I mean, I didn't know anything about th- Whatever galleries, Nate, but I knew Larry Fitzgerald was a stud at Pittsburgh and I couldn't oh, believe amazing. that they didn't take him. But
0: look, it's, it, you know, the we can talk about all the science about all of this stuff, but honest to God, I think they should just start assigning people NFL to the NFL teams. Like, I really do. <laughs> like, it doesn't even make any sense that we hype up the draft and do a combine. We should literally just be like, look, y'all are just all going to practice. This is your NFL team. And, they're going to cut y'all, and whatever's going to happen. Because in all seriousness, I mean, you look at every pick. I mean, for the love of God, the 49ers went to the freaking NFC Championship with the last pick of the draft. And I'm not talking about the last pick of the draft like five years ago that turned out to be like Tom Brady wearing a mustache or something. I'm talking about literally the last pick of the draft ends up in the NFC Championship. And, you know, like, it's just, they try to make it scientific. They try to overthink it. It's not worth it. They could either do, like, I love the combine. I really do. I just like the stats. I just Mm -hmm. like the competition. I mean, I feel like they should just give out rewards at the combine. Honestly, like, forget the draft. We need to shorten the draft. We need to do all seven rounds in the time that it takes us to do one round. And, like, like that way, they have an excuse when they make a stupid pick like that, and we're all like, "Why did they do that?" We can just be like, "Oh, because they only had fifteen seconds to make that pick." That's or why just they pick did seems it.
1: like we do in the play, uh, like we do in the playground.
0: Exactly. Any, mini, mighty, mo, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna trade them all. It's gonna be awful for cap space. I don't even care. That's <laughs> just.
2: Or like a fantasy football draft. It's just auto pick. Yep. Yeah, go that's,
1: in there. I'm good. I'm good. You got I mean, six for, kickers, for, guess what? For people what? like the Raiders, I mean, that might work out better, the Raiders and Bears. <laughs> or the
0: Browns, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Browns know heard well. about I mean, them. All, all of are awesome working better for them that they always have.
2: Oh, yeah. They once said Malcolm Butler. I mean, you can go with Tariq Hill. You can go with um, who's the, the guy that was with the Chiefs that – Kicked a girl or something and got released and went to the Browns, um, stud running back. Uh, he and Chubb uh, Chub play together. Oh, he got me. Sony Michelle? No, no, no. no. Um, with the Chiefs, he would like dominate. I think his first game was against the Patriots. He was an undrafted free agent. Oh man, he had like come. three touchdowns, two hundred and ten yards. Oh man, I can see Kareem
0: Hunt. Kareem, okay, like Hunt, Kareem Hunt, thank you. Hunt. Here's the funny thing. My son wanted to play Madden against me, and we are like, let's do all random, and, and I ended up get with the Browns, and I literally ran the ball every single play because you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, and there is no reason at all you should ever lose a game if you've got them in the backfield. I'm just mm-hmm. throwing that out there.
2: Yeah. Steelers' second uh, backup running back is an undrafted free agent, Jalen Warren. Right? So. <laughs> You just never know. I mean, a lot of these guys that get drafted so high they've already reached their ceiling. And right. then they're just on their way down.
1: So yeah, I see you, Eric you got Mixon out there. I mean, obviously we know Nerf Guns is his kryptonite. <laughs> what? Mixon.
2: You didn't know Nerf, this, this, this Joe Mixon? No, the only thing I remember is him beating the heck out of the girl in the oh, crystals yeah. or like, whatever it was.
1: was. Like she ended up like having her jaw wired shut for like three months after he hit her. I, I saw that it was awful. Yeah. No, he 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 recently. I mean, this is just before the 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 uh, John Morant incident, but in his neighborhood there was, I guess it was. They say it was like you know after midnight or whatever. It was some teenage people that were uh having like a nerf gun fighter or something like that like near his house and you know like he came out with the gun and just he fired 11 shots and one of them hit the 13 year old like in the leg
2: wow and he was just in the news recently for doing something too wasn't he that was like it. a couple months ago didn't he do something like right after a playoff game or something he got in trouble for something else, and then they cleared him. On- yeah, I mean, that's
1: that's that's been the story of, of of his career. But, no, this just happened here. And so it was just – I mean, like he uh, – I mean, it was a minor gunshot wound. But, still, you shot a 13-year-old in the leg that was having a Nerf gun fight outside of your door.
2: I Speaking mean- of guns, a, a superstar was waving a gun in a nightclub, wasn't he? Oh, not – okay. Yeah. Ah, that was a good one. <laughs> Have y'all been keeping up with this John Morant story? 50 game suspension. That's probably gonna be it. And uh-huh. things could get worse. They're saying if they found out that he had the gun on the plane, there's some whack crazy Colorado gun laws or something. Like this could get really dicey. For sure. This will be the most news that Colorado's gotten since Kobe Bryant, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean and, and it's and it's really showcasing the ugly side of social media when yeah. people just aren't really thinking. I mean, you know, you've you got a 200 million dollar contract out here. Uh your whole life, your whole career ahead of you, your team. Let's I mean, you know, just showing respect and looking hard on on social media is just not worth losing everything that you've worked for and everything that your team has worked for. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's stupid. It's just, I mean, any superlative in the negative direction that we can think of right now, it, it's that. So um, I, it, I don't know. Is there a chance he's going to try to uh, appeal 50 games or. I don't,
2: I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know it's bad when Skip Bayless is talking on his show and Shannon Sharp is agreeing with him.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: You know that's bad. And he's oh, saying, yeah. it's like, is he a crip? I mean, is John Moran a crip? He's thrown up crip gang signs um, throughout the year in pictures and stuff. Um, is he a crip? And as I'm watching, I'm waiting for Shannon Sharp to go ballistic. Yeah. And he didn't. So that's extremely concerning because you know Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharpe were oil and water, you know. So yeah, mortal
1: enemies. Agree. Yeah. But but Shannon has voiced his just utter disappointment at Ja for this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here you are. You got your first Nike shoe.
2: You got a $30 million a year contract at, what, 22 years old? Mm-hmm. You grew up in a in a um a, a dual parent household. I heard he
1: went to private high school mm-hmm. i mean the guy was set up for success i mean he, he, you you've got a daughter uh you know you you've actually set yourself up for being a role model like the craziest thing about it uh is my daughter's favorite player uh in the n b a was Ja morant
0: so you know, I mean, everything ahead of you. Yep. Comment down down below. Says when will they start looking for signs of CTE and players causing these kinds of problems? <laughs> I um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if it's a head injury or just something wrong with the head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to you have to sit there and question like, what the heck is your priority? You know, and and how is it making any logical sense at all whatsoever? You know, like uh, it's just uh, it's it, it is crazy, right? And that's the problem is that it's it's legitimately crazy, and that's not the medical term, but that's what it is, right? It is crazy, and people like that do need some help, and uh, it, it's troubling to me that they're not getting it necessarily. Well, um, but whether it is CTE or any other relevant um you know medical diagnosis out there because you you literally <laughs> i was not that name. i didn't say it i didn't say that name but but, but
1: but but i mean like here's here's the thing like outside of the medical uh situation with 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 just the medical term and the, the things that have happened with cte i feel like on a figurative level, there's a there's a huge CTE with respect to accountability out of young people as well as these athletes right now. And I think that's really the, the 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 crux of the matter is at no point is anybody feel like, particularly these younger athletes that they should ever be held accountable. I mean we see it in schools now with kids and I mean teachers are I mean kids are never held accountable for what they do or don't do. Uh, whether it's by the parents, whether it's by the schools, whether it's by the teachers, whether it's by the coaches. And so that just permeates itself. And so you, you, you develop this, this, I'm, you know, uh, I'm above, I'm above any of this and I can do whatever I want to do. And there's no repercussions for me because I've never been actually held accountable for anything. And so and, and this is this is what eventually happens. I mean, at some point, there's got to be somebody that can look beyond, Ja, you've got a $200 million contract. You're the most awesome thing in the world. You're the greatest dunker we've ever seen. Your team is awesome. You've got a chance to win. Like, at some point, somebody's got to be able to pull him to the side and say, dude, you're blowing this. Or, dude, you don't need to be involved in any of this. But, I mean, I don't – I. There can't be somebody in his life that was willing to speak to him like that for him to feel like he was okay to do this.
0: Well, you know what the problem is, don't you, Rod? Mm-hmm. The problem is their fat little girlfriends. We <laughs> tell them what they need to work on, and then they go to their fat little girlfriends, and their <laughs> fat little girlfriends tell them everything they want them to hear. They tell <laughs> them that they're the greatest and that they don't need to listen to their coaches so if it's somebody that we could trace it down to, it's going to be the fat little girlfriends. <laughs> Does anybody know that quote? <laughs> Trivia for next week. Come on, guys! I've I've heard that before. It's been on the show before. I have literally quoted the man that said it. Oh wow! I believe that might have been episode number one.
1: Huh. Oh.
2: I'll be trying not to name drop?
0: You know, I tell you, Rod, you mentioned
2: accountability. Yeah. As I was uh, watching the the UFC fights this past weekend and then watching what Dana White had to say about John Jones, mm-hmm. I said to myself, why is Dana White on my TV right now? <laughs> because in 2014, Dana White said, if you hit a woman, you can never come back from that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And Dana white hadn't that was even, good that uh, was a
2: great point Josh he hadn't even missed between 283 and 285 exactly. like he has missed no time at all nope and nothing was ever said again from that New Year's Eve domestic dispute
0: look here's the thing about Dana white Dana White's a complete total piece of crap what comes out of his mouth is not what is actually representative of that man the, the reason why I say that is because. Way back early on UFC stuff, they decided we're going to have a fight between Joe Rogan and Dana White, right? <laughs> like, that that's going to happen. We're going to have this, this Dana White-Joe Rogan fight. And he got, you know, he was like, all right, I'm all for it. And then Joe Rogan took it seriously, right? And that fight's never happened. Dana White <laughs> backed out of it. <laughs> so a- after that point whenever you say i'm gonna throw down and then you back out of it nope i got nothing for you you're mm-hmm. a turd that's what you mm-hmm. are And he's a turd and he always has been a turd and he always will be a turd i enjoy his programming but he's still a turd
1: Yep, i i, w- I would agree with that like the 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 one that the-, the one that won't flush type all right
0: is that ray rice Ray Huntington Beach Bad Boy? No. Um God, who was that? Um I forget what his real name was. He was a UFC fighter. Huntington mm-hmm. Beach Bad Boy. Jeez Louise. Uh um, oh, wow. oh God. He he fought against uh Chuck Liddell, that time frame. Wow. Oh wow, that's before my time. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pre UFC one hundred. We were still in the uh in the in the double digits back in those days. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember who that was, but uh but yeah, that um that was the thing but you also have to understand what was happening in the UFC at that time the UFC almost didn't exist yeah during that time frame you know cuz john mccain again he was he was pushing you know for them to uh to uh yeah sorry can't can't remember him oh, <laughs> you'll have to give it give it to us but yeah so uh so you know john mccain had, had declared war against the UFC and uh, they had started getting sorry. um Getting sanctioned and things like that. And so it started coming back. So anything bad that happened, they were making those guys disappear. In fact, they went as far um, going back to the whole CTE thing. If you lost more than 50% of your fights, you were out of the UFC. Not mm-hmm. because you weren't a draw, because there were big names that were still draws like Tank Abbott's, Tito Ortiz. Uh, Thank uh, you. No, that was no, yeah. the Beach Bad Boy. Um, but uh but not because you were a draw but because we were afraid of what we were doing to your brain letting you take all those hits so they 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 let you uh let you out of your UFC contract after you dropped below uh below 50%. So uh so yeah, it was a it was an interesting time for sure um back then. And now rules are, you know, they're they're just kind of whatever. You know, like you had Charles Sonnen which actually fought John Jones. Mm-hmm. Um Several years ago, he was in he was in all kinds of trouble. Still is in all kinds of trouble. Cool mm-hmm. guy, excellent person to watch, excellent human to watch on TV. Any interview with Chael Sonnen is going to be magical, but yeah, but I mean J- John Jones is the best in the world though. So uh, so uh, you know, mm-hmm. you got to promote those fights, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I picked him to to win that, but I was like. Uh, three years out of the game. This is going to be a tough fight for him. And I think by the time I finished saying him, I think the fight was over. Yeah. It was That was insane. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I really don't even think either one of them threw a punch. It was a two-minute fight. Down. Oh, no, he punched two. him once he was on the ground a little bit. But yeah, then he just choked him out, and that was it. Mm. But the the best fight of the night was the, the girls before that. I don't know if you if all saw that. Valentina was the champion, and she lost to a, uh, a Mexican fighter. I can't remember her name—Alexa uh, Graffo or something like that—and uh, beat her by submission. And Graffo interestingly a enough, though. yeah, interestingly enough, y'all know that I follow a lot of uh, bets and stuff, you know, on different different pages. Mm-hmm. And there was a bet on Saturday night—one dollar. And that $1 turned into $400,000. Wow. Based on all of these things happening. John Jones winning by submission, such and such happening by submission in the first round, such and such happening by submission in the fourth round. Wow. Hey, all of these
0: things just insane.
2: But. Hey, you know. did,
0: y- did y'all see the, uh, the EFC, not to be confused with the UFC, but the EFC, uh, straw weight, uh, women's title was on the line. A, a lady that was famous on TikTok uh, won it, uh, at Alice Ardeline, I believe is how you say her mm-hmm. last name. Um, I actually made a post on the culture of splife page, uh, in regards to that and hopes that, uh, we'd get, get some traction there. That was a, that was a pretty proud moment. She destroyed that girl that she was fighting against. Um, Poor girl, they they had to stitch her up before they would interview her mm. um, and show her on TV. She was uh, she was beaten up real bad. Uh, oh, wow. um, Arlene came in with a uh, with a punch that flew into an elbow and just gashed right up there. And uh, I, I saw her after the fight and was like, man, to win that fight that was pretty rough. But then I realized that everything on her was not hers; it was who she mm. was fighting against. And I'm like, ooh, this was some straight up stone cold Steve Austin in the Stunner. Kind of, uh, kind of uh, stuff coming out here. I'm not saying the word that it is, but y'all know what happens when you get cut, right? Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, like uh, she was messed up pretty bad. So uh, it's uh, it, it is always a breath of fresh air though. Women's post fight interviews, I will always love it over the guys' post fight interviews. Um, because uh, she she was like, you know, yeah, I didn't use my elbows a lot the first time. You know, then I went in for a couple of elbows, you know, and I saw what it did to her. I I wish her a speedy recovery. And I'm like, (laughs) you literally just did that 30 seconds ago and you're praying for a speedy recovery for your opponent? That's got to be the most passive-aggressive awesome thing I've ever seen in my life.
2: (laughs) Hey, Larry, you said that uh, the UFC is looking for their next face. Um, I don't know if you saw the fights, but uh, there's this guy, Bo Nickel. It was his first UFC fight. I actually watched him in the uh, Dana White Contender Series, and he completely uh, dominated. And um, so he got a contract, and he was actually on the pay-per-view card for his first fight, and he submitted the guy in the first round.
0: So there's that
2: guy. Then there's another guy who is – he was 17 during Dana White Contender Series, and now he's 18. And he beat a 27-year-old in his first fight a couple months ago. Um, I mean, just – Just completely dominated him. Like, uh, I mean, just, I know there's one guy named the Tarantula, right? But, I mean, this guy was just, like, hanging all over. Like, he couldn't get away. And then he ended up getting choked out. So, um, yeah, there's going to be some good fighters in the UFC in the upcoming years. You needn't worry.
0: So, what do you think about a submission win? How do you feel watching that fight whenever you get a submission win?
2: It's interesting that you that you asked that because I thought the same thing because Joe Rogan was saying, Oh, you know this is gonna this has the potential to be the fight of the night or the the move of the night or whatever it's called, and I was just like, huh i you know I would think like a a knockout would be bigger, but you have to be so technically strong and so um i mean just brilliant on the mat to be able to do the things that i mean triangles and rear naked chokes and all that stuff when these guys know to like keep their chin down and i mean so it takes a lot of strategy to be able to get to the point where you can get someone to submit
1: yeah so so drew i got one for you here i mean we've we've been talking about the the next faces of uh ufc what's the over and under on when we get uh uh, one of these UFC guys to become a uh one of the the, the stars in the WWE because I know you had that Stone Cold illusion earlier.
0: Yeah, I um I don't know that anybody right now in the um in the UFC is going to be making their way to the WWE anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because because. Anybody noteworthy? I should say that noteworthy people in the UFC currently, because um, like you know, the big name right now I'd have to say is going to be John Jones for sure, and mm-hmm. um, and he is uh, learning from his days of fighting Chael Son in, in uh, the light heavyweight division. He's very adamantly against the whole character thing right mm-hmm. you know because even some of these ufc guys they get into character right and shale yes. son and that's what he's known for is being you know the character shale son right um so I, I i don't know to me it seems like you've got and it's crazy that i'm calling the youngest ever light heavyweight champion one of the old guys right mm-hmm. one of the old guys now to me it's a big gap between the old guys like john jones and and the new people mm-hmm. um I give it six months though, and I may be singing a different story. I I, I really might be. But I don't I I don't see anybody right now that would leave UFC for the WWE. Yeah, I
1: don't see any Ronda Rouseys or Brock
0: Lesnar's
1: or any of those type of guys, yeah.
0: No, because you have to be you have to be a little larger than life, so to speak. Right. And you know, I've always said this about like Brock Lesnar was unique in the sense that Brock Lesnar's the alpha male of our species, mm-hmm. right? There is is not anybody out there that is going to go toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar. And I would even say John Jones wouldn't want to go toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar. Not saying John Jones wouldn't win in a fight. I'm just saying he doesn't want to do it, right? Mm. He would do it, but he doesn't want to do it. Anybody that's having to lose weight to make 265 pounds is kind of a beast, which is why he's called the beast, right? Um. And Ronda Rousey was even even bigger than life because she had that undefeated streak for so many years. She went on, you know, like, I mean, was just notorious for just getting people in the armbar, winning in like seven seconds. You know, it was, it was crazy. Um, so yeah i just don't see i just don't see anybody like that right now again i could be singing singing a different song um but the good fights nowadays are the lighter divisions and you do have to be a little bit heavier to be in w w e so that mm-hmm. could be it
1: yeah he just made the uh the c m punk
0: <laughs> illusion there larry <laughs> CM Punk is a is a dumpster fire. He wasn't a good wrestler. I'll go ahead and say that yeah. he wasn't a good wrestler. He was famous because he literally didn't want to stick to the script and happened to be the champion when he was a wrestler, and that's why he got famous and people liked him because you know they bought into the whole like he's the good guy and the WWE's the bad guy aspect, which is like mm-hmm. a perfect wrestling line. Then he went on to have the amazing mixed martial arts career that he had. Um, and that's sarcasm, if y'all didn't know, because I don't think he ever won a match. And uh, then he Did went he ever to go a, more he than a round. <laughs> right? It was it was terrible. I, I I'm not. I don't understand what the hype was about him. Given I stopped watching wrestling sometime in high school and picked up when I had kids. So there was years that maybe I just don't get it because I didn't see him in WWE, but he, he wasn't good. I've never mm-hmm. seen anything that was noteworthy. I don't know why he's as popular as he is. He's basically like the Kardashian of, of the the sports entertainment world. Like, we just all know who he is, and he's famous, and nobody knows why.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and it took him to create the same dumpster fire or problems that he had that subsequently caused him to leave the WWE he was able to do that in less than a year with AEW, so.
0: Right, right. And potentially, ultimately, cost them Cody Rhodes, too. I don't know mm. what, what made him leave, but I would have to think it would be something like dumpster fires like that in the locker room. Yep. Hey, because he was anti-establishment. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree that that's not the reason that he he was such a big name, but it's like that's a storyline, you know? Like, wrestling's not real. He manufactured the anti-establishment to keep himself going. Right. At the the end of the day, though, that's a character. Wrestling's not real. It kind of makes me want to, to, like, come on this podcast and be a character, right? And not be (laughs) myself. Because if you guys had me as a character, you know, it could be me versus you guys, and people will be engaged then, you know? And and then next thing, people will be like, I hate Drew Tolbert. He's just like that Skip Bayless guy. Right. Like like, you know, do we do we need that? Is that what what's a requirement for us to be good? And, and the
1: sad thing about it is reality TV is is fed into to that type of thing from a character standpoint, because, you know, every every time everybody's sitting up and they're watching these different reality shows you know, or they're just not realizing the producers have have manufactured about. At least eighty to eighty five percent of any of the conflict that you see on there.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you guys know me. I had a, I had that that same thing. You know, the the um, the the uh, casting director reached out to me for reality TV, and I start my interview literally within two seconds. It stopped me. No, 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 no. You're not, you're not that person. We want to know about this person. Like, that's yep. how my interview started out. It's like, I don't I don't give a crap. You know, I, I get it. You have a nine to five job, but that's not what we're interested in. We want you in this character. Yep. Now go. I'm going to ask you the questions again. And it's like, you, you know, it's like, it's like, that was two seconds. I thought you just wanted to get to know me. Right. <laughs> I thought this was an interview. No, it's not like a job interview. We want you in character. Go do yeah. your thing. Do your thing. We want that guy that got 1.2 million views on a TikTok about about a story you know that you were telling your son we want that guy Mm -hmm. be that guy okay i can be that guy Yeah, all this wrestling
2: stuff it, it just cracks me up day one and i were enjoying a beer a couple weeks ago and um there was literally a group of people behind us that were watching wrestling and like all in it and, uh, you know, we had like a little small talk going back and forth, whatever. But when the interviews were happening, they were just all looking up. I mean, like grown adults. And I guess that's what y'all are that get all into this. But it just cracks me up, man. I just think of this as like, you know, for like teenagers and stuff. And I guess maybe once I found out, or once it was finally admitted that it was fake, I was like, eh, I'm done. You know, because I grew up in, like, the Ultimate Warrior days.
1: Yeah, Ultimate you know, Warrior Hulk Hogan, you know, yeah.
2: Hammer Valentine, Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. You know, where it was, like, legit. But, I don't know. Once I found out it was fake, it, it hurt. It's like, why should I waste my time watching this? Well,
0: well, like because you world. watch Marvel. That's not real. Why is you it do nobody, know, yeah. when, when Thanos snapped, 50% of people didn't actually, like, go anywhere right
2: man i sleep through all those i don't even know what you're talking well
1: about. well i was gonna say that, that reality <laughs> my kids TV, love them and i sleep reality tv that we see today they took their page from professional wrestling basically oh 100 yeah, you know, oh, yeah. They, i mean you've got a face you've got a heel you've got to create the conflict you've got you know like you just said that they ask you to be a character that's larger than life And and continue to manufacture this this controversy going. I mean, that's exactly I mean, that's that's what everybody's watching now. You know, I mean, when when you've got these cameras inside of these people's homes, that's not really how it is.
0: Right. That's true. No, because think about on the podcast. We're shooting it live and, and, you know, typically this part right here is unedited. And there will be those ums and uhs and well, you know, giving us time to think about what we're about to say, you know, like, I'm going to interrupt you, but I don't quite have what the words are that's going to come out of my mouth. So I've got to go, uh, you know, and I say something, you don't have any of that in, 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 you know, reality TV, right? There's, there's zero of that. It's all edited out. Right. And that should be your first clue that this is scripted. Mm -hmm. It's fake. Right. We're editing mm-hmm. this stuff. There's not the uhs and the ums. There's not the person accidentally farting. Right. Cause that mm-hmm. happens in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, look, I'm in a household of boys. Right. If you had a camera in my house 24 seven, about 14 of that seven or 14 of that 24, rather, you're going to catch a fart. And you've, <laughs> you've never heard that on reality TV. Not once. I mean, those Duck Dynasty guys, you're going to tell me that you got. Five overweight dudes wearing that camouflage, eating snacks in their duck blinds and not a soul farting.
1: And, no, and nobody's letting anything fly. Yeah. Nothing.
0: <laughs> like, that's the fakest thing ever. Fakest. It's got to be fake. Yeah, <laughs> or,
1: or your your housewives and you've got people like, you know, I hate you. You're my mortal enemy. I've just threw glass at you. Hey, let's go to the Jamaica, like,
0: next week. <laughs> yeah, like, that wasn't planned. Right, right. Just like in wrestling, you know, used to back in Josh's day, the Hills and the Faces didn't get to travel together. Now we got TikTok. We know that the Hill and the Face are shooting their dance videos in the yep. locker room together. You know, it's the same same place. There's not, right. there's not a good guy locker room and a bad guy locker room like they told us in the 80s there was. Yep. yep. So... I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing now. Now what gets interesting about that though now is the fact that you don't have those same lines because even my wife, her favorite wrestler, her, her, my wife had um, this girl, it's, you know, this wrestler named Rhea Ripley. Uh, She comes out by herself. Everybody cheers, gets excited. She, you know, beats the girl or whatever. Everybody's all pumped up, you know, then she leaves. She comes out with her faction, which are heels. They yep. come out, everybody's booing. Yep. And, and she's like, How can they boo somebody? And it's like, Because we know who that girl is. We know her because we see her on social media. We know what she looks like. And she's hot, not to mention, you know, which is why everybody likes her. But when she's with that faction, we know she's a bad guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, you know, it, it does kind of become interesting now that we live in this world where we have social media up 24-7 and know yes. everything about everybody. So, yeah, it's hard to I, maintain or stay in character. It kind of makes you wonder what's real, period. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, we know what is real, mm-hmm. these answers to Uncle Joe's trivia.
1: Let's hear them. Let's do ready. it. Let's do it.
2: All right, so the first question was, Pistol Pete Maravich holds the record for the most points in NCAA history with 3,667. And how many games did he do that in? And that answer is 83 games. That's just absurd. 83 games. So Antoine Davis... Not the Indiana Pacers, Antoine Davis. Oh, that was Antonio Davis. That's right, Antonio Davis. He had three points less in 144
1: games. And I think one of the things for all of our listeners to understand why, well, for one, 61 less games is very significant. (laughs) But you got to think about this part of it, too. They did not have the three-point shot when he did it in 83 games. (laughs) Can you imagine what that record would look like if they had three-pointers for Pistol Pete Maravich? Right. We're not even having any conversation about anybody ever breaking it.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: I mean, that's sort of the same thing with LeBron and Kareem, right? Mm -hmm. Kareem obviously wasn't a three-point shooter. We know he had one career three-point field goal in his in his career and look how many points he was able to score yeah and same with pistol pete it's it's amazing it is amazing um what was the stat i was telling y'all pre-game that if you took the highest scores score for the last 83 games yep they'd still have like 300 points less than, than Pistol Pete did or something like that. Yeah. 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 For
1: 83 games. For 83
2: games. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. So the, the question that got the most uh, feedback on the, on the chat was um, there's been one 16 seed that beat a one seed. Mm -hmm. Who was that? And that would be no other then I don't even know what their mascot is, but that UM Terriers. Terriers, okay. So that would be UMBC, which I had to look up to find out what the C stood for because I had already used university at the front, so it couldn't be college. Uh, So that is University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Correct. Yes. So they beat Virginia in 2018. uh, If this were Upward Basketball, Eric, you'd be getting the $25 gift card. But it'll be available for next next
1: week. And and that's what we were making the uh, allusion to earlier is uh, that game was like a Friday game in in, uh, the first round. And that Wednesday, I was speaking with Drew and I said, this is not your usual 16 seed. And Virginia is going to be in some trouble this game.
0: Yeah, I think your actual, uh, you you called it, you said that this 16 seed really should have been an eight seed, I -hmm. I believe is what you had said, that they're they're skilled more like an eight seed, and it's like, okay, all right, and then it happened, and like I said, I don't even think I ran to you first, I'm pretty sure I ran to Josh first, Um, because we were at work when it happened, Mm -hmm. and the three of us all worked together at that time. And uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I ran into Josh. Was like, man, Rod actually said it. Like he said that was going to be the thing, like to look out for him. So, they we been one win. player. We can't name
2: one player from that squad. We nope. Tried, nope, couldn't come up with one. I
0: can't. What even did name Larry
2: say here? Player. Now, what I mentioned last week, you're telling me they couldn't have given Cadillac a contract. You'd have to step down, but could stay on the team. Mm. I mean, Cadillac actually, he did pretty well in his deal. Uh, I have a, a strong belief that uh, Hugh Freeze was told to get this money, you have to keep Cadillac. But that's just my thought, you know, um, from the the talking heads uh, that are uh, the Auburn beat writers. Mm. Um <laughs> I know that there was talk about Lane Kiffin wanting to bring his own coaching carousel or whatever coaching group. And um, I unfortunately think the only reason why Cadillac is there is because Auburn made Hugh Freeze keep him. Hugh, if you're listening, call me wrong. I want to hear your thoughts. I I hope that's not the case because Cadillac did an unbelievable job. Um, And part of me was thinking, let's give him a shot. You know, we can't be any worse than we were with that <laughs> guy that remains nameless, um, Brian Harson, um, who was so good on the blue field, but we
0: saw how that translated. Uh, no, you know. He wasn't good on the blue field. See, this is the problem, okay? <laughs> yep. All right, you're getting me started. I've said it <laughs> a million times. It's not about the man's record, it's about the man. That was before the man. Okay. And here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Okay. You've got. You've got. Gus Malzahn. Looked real good on paper. Who's always the man before Gus Malzahn? Hugh Freeze. Hugh mm-hmm. Freeze is always the man before Gus Malzahn. All right. You had Brian Harson, Who looked good on paper. But who's the man before Brian Harson? The guy Gus that beat. Malzahn Oklahoma, and Hugh Freeze. And who was the other one? The guy that beat Oklahoma. What's his name? Peterson? Right? Peterson, yeah. yeah. Peterson. yeah.
2: yeah. Chris, Peterson. Chris
0: Peterson. But seriously, Arkansas State, three coaches. Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzon, Brian Harson. Brian Harson leaves, goes goes to Boise, but it's because you know Boise's coach left and went to Washington. It was, you know, and it, it's it's one of those things where it's like. You know, like we can talk about less miles in his ten years, but you don't have less miles if you had if you didn't have Nick Saban. I have proof of that. Right. You know the proof? It's called Kansas.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's the thing that most people don't even look at. If you even look at uh, what Harson did with Boise State, they were still obviously high up there, but they progressively got worse each year. They were okay. not like undefeated. And, you know, in the BCS Bowl or in the national championship or playoff conversation. So that's how – I mean, I always call it the Larry Coker syndrome because it's like Larry Coker wins his first, what, 24 games at Miami, but people don't understand that that was Butch Davis. (laughs) Right. I mean, Dennis Erickson at Miami doesn't happen unless Jimmy Johnson stacks, like, four, four years of classes, you know, for him. And of course, they progressively got worse. So, I mean, it's the same thing with 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 the Harson, you know, like you just yeah. said. Arkansas State was—I didn't even think about that, which was which was perfect there, Drew. And and of course, Boise State, you see I've, it.
0: I've seen the 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 comment down here. I've never seen so much love for Auburn uh, when Cadillac took over. Uh, so much fan love that is for for mm. from Auburn. Um, you know, the, Cadillac Williams. I, I don't. No, I'm with Josh. I don't know if he was the right answer to take over the program or not. Um, Speculation period. Right. I I truly don't know. What I do know, though, is that um, Cadillac Williams was essentially the relationship that you get into after you're in an abusive relationship, right? Mm -hmm. You, you have that relationship that's bad and you're like, I'm, I'm just, I'm swearing it off. I'm never, I'm going to just be a cat man or cat woman. Right. I'm just going to have my pets and never, never be in a relationship again. And then you, you finally meet that person. And you know, they're, they're not exactly what you're looking for, but they love you. And, and you're like, Oh yeah, this is what love's like. Okay. Um, you know, unfortunately we, 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 didn't love him the way that we loved a supermodel. And so we went the supermodel approach and, uh, and, and saw a shiny object and took it and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but luckily um, we got, we can spend money now that should uh, keep uh, Hugh freeze from getting into too much trouble. So I mean, uh,
1: Cadillac was Auburn's like Joe Clark from lean on me. <laughs> <You know? right. laughs> I mean, that's, 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 that's the illustration I get from him.
2: I think, I think the reason why everybody was so high on the Cadillac bandwagon is because you went from a guy, Brian Harson, who never smiled on the sideline the entire time he was there, and then brought in Cadillac Williams, who was nothing but energy, you know, swinging the towel, getting in the players' faces,
1: getting the crowd. He was, he was a consummate hype man. What's that? He was a consummate hype man.
0: That's right. That's exactly. But right. like, like he seriously though he seriously he was the he was the girl you took home at last call and then woke up and then she actually made you breakfast right and you're like oh my gosh this is this is good stuff again it, it didn't have to be great right we we still had a how many games did he coach three hmm.
2: uh, he got see. fired after oh, the Arkansas
0: gonna... game right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we had, what, Four, Texas, Texas A&M, a cupcake in Alabama? was and that Mississippi the, State was Mississippi the first game. State.
1: Yeah. That was the first
2: game.
0: You're right, you're right. lost State. to Mississippi
2: State after coming back from down like 20 or something.
0: Yeah, so yep. we, we, went, we went 500, and, you know, it's like all of a sudden we're excited about life again. It's like, oh, 500, yes. You know, it's great. No, those were games we were supposed to win. Like, we weren't supposed to lose to Mississippi State. But, you know, the the coach from Mississippi State, at that time, he had his players focused and honed in and ignoring their fat little girlfriends.
2: <laughs> Who was it? Was oh, yes, I that's right.
1: It was Mike Leach.
2: Mike Leach. We should have known that. Yeah, After I said, said it the, the first, first episode. Show. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yep. Hey Larry, I think the reason why one of the big reasons why Auburn hired Hugh Freeze was because Hugh Freeze has been able to beat Alabama.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And And that's the reason that see, that's this is one thing I hate about the talking heads. I hate about the talking heads. I've seen the the Nick Saban comment about the fact that there's going to be three static teams that you play every year, right? And the three that Alabama are going to get are going to be LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn. And everybody – and then he complained about it, right? It was, you know, whatever, blah, 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 I'm Nick Saban. I don't care. I hate you all. You know, and everybody's been talking about that. Tennessee and LSU are not Nick Saban's bane of his existence. He was mad that he has to play Auburn every year. That's what he was mad about. Because the only team that has ever beat him more than like once – is Auburn, and the only team that has a coach right now that he will have to play that's beat him more than once is Auburn. So, I, I, I mean, as a as a diehard
1: Alabama football fan, anytime Auburn has a pulse, they are a major problem on the plains in the Iron Bowl. Um, not in there,
0: 2010 Chief.
2: at Bryant Denny.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, not so fast there, Chief. Do you Chief. realize what Auburn's record is at Bryant Denny? Look, the mm-hmm. only reason y'all got more Iron Bowl wins than we do is because we actually played in Birmingham. No, I'm just I, I'm throwing just speaking, that out there. I'm just
1: speaking within the Saban era, that right. anytime you guys have a pulse, that's a very, very difficult game for Alabama to win uh, on the road. And in fact, I mean, more often than not, it. it you guys have won that game when you've had a pulse. And when I say a pulse, like a legitimate, if if you're a top 15 team, historically speaking, outside of maybe like one time, that's been like a loss.
0: I don't know of a game where we were the, where we were favored to win that we lost. In my lifetime, Mm -hmm. like ever. I could be wrong on that one, but I'm just saying like, like Talking
1: I don't know in in Auburn, right?
0: When, no, the, when know, out of, outside of Birmingham.
1: Uh the the Andrew Zow and Tyler Watts quarterback controversy year. Like uh, I think it was the it was the two thousand and one season where you guys were favored in Auburn. In the I mean, and Bama won like thirty one seven there.
0: Okay, okay, I'll give you that one. But otherwise, like I said here, and especially like
1: right now in the saving era, anytime you guys have had a legitimate team and it's been uh, the Iron Bowl's been in uh, Jordan Hare, it's it's usually been a loss.
2: Remember right. that y'all were like a 14 point favorite? Um, I think that was McElroy and Julio. We scored a touchdown, onside kick, touchdown, up 14 quickly. And then uh, 4th and 10 caught Julio over the middle, kept the drive going, and then up church had like a little option.
1: Yeah, the 26-21, yeah, the 2009 game. 2009,
2: yeah. And that was a national championship year, right? Yes. Yeah,
0: that was Texas,
1: wasn't it? Yep, that was Texas. (laughs) Thank God for
0: Alabama kickers is the comment down here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, the kick six was, uh, was, was, was 2013, 2013. Uh, there. And then, you know, you guys had a, a string of, of being really, really bad. Then 2017 was the next time when they were both top ten teams. And, of course, you guys won that game and then just decided to lose to everybody else after that. Yeah, uh, that was a Central Florida year. But.
2: Yep, I was at that Iron Bowl. That's the only Iron Bowl mm-hmm. I've ever been to. That was
1: unbelievable.
2: And I remember a bunch of Auburn fans were like, we need to get Jalen Hurts out of the game. And I was like, no, you don't want Jalen Hurts out of the game.
1: No.
2: Then you'll see Tua, and you don't want Tua. <laughs> no. And then, of course, Tua did what Tua did in the national championship. So. Yes. Fourth and yes, twenty Or second and 22, right? Second or and 26. 26. 26. Devontae Smith. Yes. That, yeah. was beautiful. that oh come on Larry, I'm still depressed over that. I was at that game. Oh, if that guy just stays home on that fake punt, we're winning twenty eight to ten going into the half. Or oh, I'm sorry, twenty eight to three, and mm-hmm. instead we're winning twenty one to ten.
0: Which quarterback are you excited about, Larry? Yeah, we have like twenty seven of them. Robbie 27, Holden, Robbie Asper.
1: I, I can't
2: imagine that he's excited about Robbie. Um, I haven't seen enough of Holden Grenier. I know he's a, a fourth—I mean, a four-star.
1: Well, it may uh, be kind of an interesting thing to see what Robbie looks like with uh, with with with, with uh, somebody that can fit the system from a quarterback standpoint, like Freeze.
2: Well, and what's his name came back too from LSU. Um, the guy that should have beat Alabama in the 2021 Iron Bowl, that Drew saw throw the touchdown against uh, Georgia Southern or whoever that was. Yes, sir. I Nathan was got there. That <laughs> it wasn't I Georgia was Southern, there. but Georgia State. I know the yeah. yeah Georgia, Georgia State, State correct? Uh, Finley. Fin- yeah, Finley's back on the
0: roster. Yeah, me. You were texting while I was at that game. Yep that was uh a nightmare everybody was texting me because like everybody knew i was at that game because my wife had posted it on facebook i had my brothers that were texting me i had like my sister-in-law's texting me everybody's just blowing my phone up because you know like they know i'm at the game and that game was atrocious now that was a dumpster fire
1: and that then was the-
2: a downfall hey. Then the next week, Bo Nix goes to LSU and puts on a performance that we haven't seen by an Auburn quarterback since probably Nick Marshall. Right. And beats Baton Rouge for the first time in, what, 20 – wins in Baton Rouge since Mm -hmm. 97, I think, something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Robbie Ashford does have some – he's got good competitive drive, so – I mean, so I mean, it, 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 it'll it it'll be interesting to see. I, I I do I do wonder what what can uh, a a coach like Hugh Freeze do for him. So,
2: that's Larry. It. I was at the LSU game this year when Robbie came out looking like a pro bowler. That was insane. Through those two deep balls for touchdowns, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in Jordan here. And then, of course,
1: Brian he did, did a great job it all Brian, what's that? He actually did a great job in Brian Denny in the Iron Bowl. He did. Yeah. Shout out to the, uh, the punt returner who didn't touch the ball,
0: and the ref said he did, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. I'm so sick of, like, crappy replay. Like, when it's on replay and you still don't have – oh, we don't have a definitive angle. Look. You've got 9 million phones in that stadium at any given moment. Get on Twitter. They're going to tell you what the actual result was. It took them three minutes to figure it out. You're not going to tell me that you've not got 17,000 angles on Twitter? Go Get on Twitter. I don't yeah, care about you. Yeah,
1: your- it, it, it. No, yeah. yeah you're, you're right. Instead of focusing in on, like, How can we keep the clock running for incomplete passes to get the game to move up? How about we just figure out like how many referees does it take to see a replay for nine minutes that it should have took you nine seconds to figure out. I mean, that's where your game is being lost in in terms of time.
2: Instead, you have bootleg video going viral with the answer. You know, you can't have it for the multi-billion dollar business that is college football. I've Mm -hmm. I've got the
0: answer. (laughs) Look, you've got fans all in the stadium, okay? You're telling me you can't pay some dude to sit through a class and earn his referee degree or whatever and pay him 40 grand a year to watch one player on the football field, right? You're just going to get a good seat. You're going to have a little pair of binoculars there Mm. and we're going to hire 22 of you fools and y'all are going to be assigned one player apiece and you're going (laughs) to call every freaking penalty you see. You're going to call everything and then it's all going to end. We're not going to have any more bad calls anymore because they're going to be like we're never going to be able to play another game of football because it's going to be insane and it's going to be ridiculous and then we'll have football players that actually play by the freaking rules and mm-hmm. not try to get away with crap. That's what's going to happen. But the game will be 9 hours long, Drew. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. I'm going to I'm going to either have to endure a 9-hour game or I'm gonna to have to endure nine hours of sports center coverage from the stupid calls that are made. One or the other, right? What's it gonna take? Again, you can pay a guy, it's not about money. You could give him forty grand. Any guy I'll sign up, I'll give up my Sunday or my Saturday from now on and watch a game live in a stadium with a pair of binoculars and watch one defensive tackle every single play of the game, if that's what it takes.
2: Larry said, start using cards like soccer.
0: Oh, I like that methodology. Mm. I
1: do. Pass out the yellow cards.
0: That's it. Pass out the yellow cards, then two of them, you get a red card, you don't get to play anymore. The thing about soccer <laughs> is, though, you don't, uh, you, don't, you don't get to replace the position. <laughs> so, so you get, get red cards, you end up out there with six men on the field playing the rest of the football game. <laughs> It'll go quick, but, buddy, will there be some high scores? some
1: teams will be without the offensive line like after the first quarter. Right.
2: Oh, Larry. Yes. No doubt.
0: Oh, gosh, targeting's a nightmare. I don't even know what to do with it. On the the one hand, I want to end all the head injuries, but on the other hand, I want to watch football and not, you know, oh, we got a flag because somebody – they, they lowered their head at a 45-degree at a angle, but this person did it at a 55-degree angle. And then a gnat farted in Taiwan, and it caused the earth to shake. And so it hit his shoulder pad instead of, instead of the crown of the helmet. And in this year, the rule is that if you hit the shoulder pad before you hit the face mask, and then the face mask afterwards... It's targeting, but you're not ejected from the game. You have to stand on one foot and bounce up and down. And then after that, the penalty's wiped out, and it's only three yards instead of 15. That's what I feel like targeting is every season. And and
1: and, and then a, a lot of it baby. is, is just, they'll just throw a flag because he got hit really hard. And then we've we and then got to waste 10 minutes for them to look at the fact that it wasn't a target in the beginning with. It was just, you know – a guy that decided that he was going to play football and tackle him or or, 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 or hit him really hard. And and so that's uh, targeting.
0: Targeting reminds me of the taunting penalty. Do y'all remember the taunting penalty? The LSU yep. kicker or punter mm-hmm. that ran it and got in trouble for taunting.
2: Brad Wing.
0: Yeah. Yes, Brad Wing. And, and, and then they're like, okay, so maybe, yeah, this is a stupid idea. That's what targeting is, except for we go through that same stupid idea every single season. Mm-hmm. It's like, At first, it was, oh, this is a stupid idea because, like, we can review the penalty, but we can't take away the 15 yards. The person just gets to stay in the game. And now it's, well, we can take away the 15 yards and say that it wasn't a target at all and everybody still gets to to play. Or... We can review – you know, it's just going to be something different next year. Like, that's what it's I mean, going to be. I mean, throwing a guy
1: out of the game for a targeting hit was just such an overreach to begin with.
2: Well, the one that drives me crazy is the landing on the quarterback in the NFL. That'll I mean, literally, good. you sack a quarterback, you have to come up like this and mm. avoid landing on them or else they call roughing the passer. It's the most idiotic – new rule I've ever seen. I saw the, uh, the stud from Ohio state at, uh, the chargers. Who is, who is that against? It was a Sunday night game and he sacked. Oh, it was, uh, Tua. It, was Bosa. it was Tua. Yeah. Bosa. Bosa sacked Tua. And he threw his hands out like this as he was going down on Tua to
1: mm-hmm. try to
2: not land on him. And he got hit with targeting or with, uh, unnecessary roughness or whatever, late hit. And I, I, I don't understand. What? what? I mean, I the Bucks lost in Tampa to Atlanta because mm-hmm. they said Grady Jackson, I think that's his name, hit uh, Brady too hard or something, landed on him.
0: You which, know yeah. what I would do if I was a quarterback? And, and Joe Burrow's is going to be the one that does this, and it's going to make everybody mad. Okay, because Joe Burrow has no offensive line. It's never going to change. He's never going to get one because we know he can take a hit now. What I would do, this is just me, because I can hold on to a guy. I got the ball. I can hold on to you. It doesn't matter. I, I grab any part of your body that I want to grab. You're coming at me. Guess what? I'm about to pull a 300-pound man, man down on top of me. And you might say, well, that's a stupid idea. It's 15 yards Every time I do it, first down, heck yeah! I see a guy running at me, I'm gonna give up, I'm gonna grab his jersey because he's not got good balance. He's a 350 pound man running like a four 540. Mm. I can pull him, I can throw myself underneath him. It's not gonna be hard. You might say, This is outlandish. You can't, yes, you can do that because he's probably got a defensive tackle on his back anyway. I'm just gonna grab it, place myself under him. Done penalty. He landed on me. Penalty every time, and then it'll, the rule get changed. That's going to be what happens. Just like Jalen hurts getting pushed, can't get pushed anymore. We're changing that rule because Jalen yeah. hurts did it. That's you all know, you're going to have to do is grab onto that defender, make sure he falls with you. And,
1: and you're you're right, uh, Larry. In the comments, I saw you talked about finding referees. I just don't think there's any real accountability here now. Like how is it that people are getting fined for criticizing a referee? You're actually a part of the game just as much as the players and the coaches who are openly criticized for the things that they don't do. So I'm just saying that at the level that we're we're in the professional sports, there should be accountability there with 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 respect to that. I mean, if you're a professional, you didn't make the right calls and it's and it's happening time and time again. There has to be some kind of mechanism that, that you can be held accountable for that just so this just doesn't continue to happen. You can't be protected for not doing your job.
2: Yeah, I haven't been able to watch any XFL games at all. I, I just haven't been able to get into it. But um, there's some kind of rule. I think it's uh, like the Dean Balladino guy, you know, like the head of referees that's normally on there doing the, the analyzing During the NFL games, like Mark Pereira or whatever his name is, he's actually the one that's doing the overruling and calling down to the refs and saying, You got it wrong. This is actually the, you know, the call that should have been made, and they're making those changes. And they've been celebrated for for doing that because that's a lot more effective than what we have today. Because you'll hear, like when you're watching an NFL game, you'll hear Pereira say, What is that ref thinking? You know, like the, um, the pass interference that was called against uh, Mike Hilton against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Mike Pereira or Balladino, whoever that was, said, Psh, that wasn't pass interference. They're just playing football. And, I mean, that was a huge call in the game, you know, continued mm-hmm. that drive. So, yeah, they got to do something to make sure they get it right because y'all have heard me complain about NBA refs. Like, they have this stupid green light, and they never change the call. Yeah. It's always like, and there's this one guy, I can't remember his name, but basically he just says, the challenge was unsuccessful. And when he mm-hmm. says it like that, you know that it's nonsense. It should have been mm-hmm. successful, but I don't know. Yeah, man. Speaking of which, I know we got to sign off here, but did y'all see yep. uh, Scotty, what's his name, uh, Stud for the Raptors from uh, – Florida State, I think? Scotty uh, Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, he got ejected last night. Did you hear about that? Uh Uh-uh. He said he was talking to himself. The ref, and guess who the ref was? The CP3 killer, Foster. Oh, boy. Foster ejected him. Said that he was saying something to to question the integrity of the game or – our integrity as referees or something and i don't know man these guys get their feelings hurt they just need to worry about doing their job and if they get it wrong fix it fix
1: it i mean you're the most insulated entity in all of sports that's right like you don't really you don't really get the get a chance to be butt hurt that's right
2: no doubt oh literally larry um in fact I just saw I just saw a video of this the the Kings and the Lakers uh whatever year that was and um Donahue you know the guy that was literally betting on the games that he was reffing um was making these awful calls against Sacramento and you know for the for the Lakers on the other side and that's basically the reason why the Kings didn't beat the Lakers whatever year that was
1: was. Yeah, that was That was, a, that was 01. That was one. Oh, 01. Okay. Yeah, that was the infamous year where Robert Ori had to hit the the shot at the end uh in like one in like game 5 or something like that.
2: Yep. I mean, that Kings team was stacked. Peja, Weber Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby. Yep. Hedo Turkulou, a young Hedo yes. Turkulou dunking on everybody.
1: Yep. That was a very good team.
2: Have y'all noticed since Larry's been on the show, our, our show's been going almost two hours, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <real. laughs>
2: I am not a cat.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> y'all know that reference, right? I don't know. I know. Really? When the attorneys, like during COVID, the attorneys were doing a Zoom call? And the attorney got on the Zoom call Mm -hmm. and, like, the the judge is on there. Oh, yeah. And the the, the guy's daughter or granddaughter or something had had some cat filter on Zoom messing around. And he's on there as a cat. And he's (laughs) telling everybody he's not a cat. It's, like, the funniest video ever.
0: Yes, y'all will have to look that up. I'll just go with the Santa hat. There you go. Apparently bobs while i speak (laughs) all right too much fun with that i'll stop all right
2: y'all ready to sign off this thing almost two hours all right all right so i'll I'll spare the uh passing it off a million times but uh day one we're glad you were here today um i know that there have been some some issues getting you here on tiktok and I know a lot of our listeners from Facebook Live are having a difficult time with this TikTok bit. Um, Larry, thank you for joining us again today. You've been awesome, man. Unbelievable, man. You are, you are helping us make this show what it is, which is exactly what we wanted it to be. <laughs> when we planned this in uh, like November timeframe, we wanted this to be a show where our listeners were just as involved as we are. And I think we've already reached that with uh with with you as a as a listener and of course day one's always always commenting as well so um thank you for making the show what it is and we'll keep going for two hours it doesn't matter you know we just we just want to have a good time and and find little things that people want to spend eight seconds of their day watching on all the different ways that you can find us which is of course youtube and twitter and instagram and facebook and apple podcast and we're very consistent. We have culture of splife at all of those. So mm-hmm. if you're not following us, why, why aren't you following us? Start following us. Um, give us a shout out. If you have something negative to say, direct messages. Don't, don't hurt our feelings. Um, well, we don't care about it. We don't have feelings in this, but don't hurt um, the, the potential for us to have the opportunities that we're looking for, right? Just talk to us offline. If you have show ideas, give those to us. We'd love Absolutely. to hear those. And, um, until next time, we will see y'all either uh, probably Monday next week, Rod.
1: Can do uh, Monday next
2: week? Yes. All right, we will see you next Monday at eight thirty Central. Y'all take care. Yeah.